This is Jonathan Hansen, I'm the president of World Ministries International, as well as Eagle Saving Nations. Please go to my website, worldministries.org, worldministries.org. We are definitely in the last days. I'm speaking to you again, October 21, 2023. Israel, Hamas are at war. So we're in a situation that is becoming more and more dangerous, pulling in more and more nations that are watching. We're going to be facing in the future wars. And I want to talk about today the word trust. We're in our chapel here at World Ministries International. It's a live audience with the staff and their families, including children. Trust. According to Webster's Dictionary, the word trust means confidence in a person or thing because of the qualities one perceives or seems to perceive in him or it. To have faith or trust in, she trusts him implicitly. Unquote. When we trust someone, it does not mean we believe that person is perfect. See, nobody's perfect. But it does mean we believe they are not going to betray or walk out their vows because their spouse is just being human. No person can meet all their spouse's emotional needs. It's impossible. If you're looking for the perfect woman or man, you're going to be single. Yes. It ain't out there. That animal doesn't exist, so to speak. There's no perfect person. You got to give grace. No person can meet their spouse's emotional needs. You can't meet all of their needs. Only Jesus Christ is perfect, who had the advantage of being God. Without trust, there is no relationship. Without trust, one cannot obey God. Without trust, a person cannot have a successful marriage. They will either divorce or live in constant fear and stress about what their spouse is going to do next. Will they cheat on their vows or just break their vows by deserting them? You got to have trust. Sharon, you heard her testimony on television. A member of this congregation, staff if you want to call it, just came back from Israel, Jerusalem. She was there as the war broke out. But you also heard she went to sleep. She had trust in God. Again, in the middle of the storm, trust. You know, Jesus had trust when the waves were going to collapse the boat they were riding in. The disciples were going crazy. They were going berserk. Their emotional stress level was out of control. They woke him up. But Jesus had trust and was sleeping like a baby. The Lord, a fortress in adversity, Psalms 31 tells us. In you, O Lord, I put my trust. Let me never be ashamed. Deliver me in your righteousness. Bow down your ear to me. Deliver me speedily. Be my rock of refuge, a fortress of defense to save me. For you are my rock and my fortress. Therefore, for your name's sake, lead me and guide me. 
pull me out of the net which they have secretly laid for me. For you are my strength. Into your hand I commit my spirit. You have redeemed me. O Lord, God of truth. I have hated those who regard useless idols, but I trust in the Lord. I will be glad and rejoice in your mercy, for you have considered my trouble. You have known my soul in adversities and have not shut me up in the hand of the enemy. You have set my feet in a wide place. Have mercy on me, O Lord, for I am in trouble. My eye wastes away with grief. Yes, my soul and my body. Soul will mine in emotions. For my life is spent with grief and my years with sighing. My strength fails because of my iniquity, sin, and my bones waste away. See, can we trust in God? Worry is a sin. Anger, unforgiveness. Last night we had a person in our prayer meeting speak on deliverance. Do we really mean and believe what we think God is and say he is? If we do, we don't need to be run away with our emotions. You can sleep in the storm. Do you really believe it? And she went to the point and said, quit defending yourself. When you recognize it, just repent. Repent if you want deliverance, if you want salvation, if you want peace. Don't defend your actions. I am a reproach among all my enemies, but especially among my neighbors. I am repulsive to my acquaintances. Those who see me outside flee from me. I am forgotten like a dead man. Out of my mind, I am a broken vessel. Again, Psalm 31, David. For I hear the slander of many fears on every side. While they take counsel together against me, they scheme to take away my life. But as for me, I trust in you, O Lord. See, this is the key to anybody who wants peace. I trust in you. My eyes are focused on you. I don't have to be afraid. I don't have to be in turmoil because rockets are coming down. I trust in you. Sharon's testimony. I wasn't afraid. I went to sleep. I think that's beautiful. Oh, Lord, I say, you are my God. My times are in your hand. Deliver me from the hand of my enemies and from those who persecute me. Make your face shine on your servant. Save me for your mercy's sake. Do not let me be ashamed, O Lord, for I have called upon you. Let the wicked be ashamed. Let them be silent in the grave. Let the lying lips be put to silence, which speak insolent things proudly and contemptuously against the righteous. Oh, how great is your goodness, which you have laid up for those who fear you, which you have prepared for those who trust in you. In the presence of the sons of men, you shall hide them in the secret place of your presence from the plots of men. You shall keep them secretly in a pavilion from the strife of tongues. For I said in my haste, I am cut off before your eyes. Nevertheless, you heard the voice of my supplications. When I cried out to you, O Lord, love the Lord, 
all you saints, for the Lord preserves the faithful and fully repays the proud person. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart, all who hope in the Lord. David went through all of these problems, yet he put his trust in God and did not let his problems overwhelm him. And he had real enemies that were really plotting to destroy him. Now the word trust is used over 150 times and it appears in nearly every book in the Bible. There is a saying by men, both professional and men in general, who have had a good marriage for over 50 years. They say, the more I know about women, the more I realize I don't understand them. Are we there? Well, Many people don't understand God, but that doesn't mean they don't trust in Him. So you might not understand your spouse, but that doesn't mean you don't, that you don't have to trust your spouse. You see what I'm saying? You might not understand men, you might not understand women, but you can trust your spouse, just like you don't understand God all the time, but you can trust God. King David did not always understand God. He didn't think God always understood him. But King David put his trust in God. That was his salvation, and that was his peace. Job 1. Let's look at Job and his family in Uz. There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job. And that man was blameless and upright and feared God and shunned evil. And seven sons and three daughters were born to him. And his possessions were 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 female donkeys, and a very large household, so that this man was the greatest of all the people of the east. And his sons would go and feast in their houses, each on his appointed day, and would send and invite their sisters, three, to eat and drink with them. So it was when the days of feasting had run their course that Job would send and sanctify them. And he would rise up early in the morning and offer burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, It may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus Job did regularly. So Job continued to put himself before God and continued to offer penance even over his children. Satan attacks Job's character. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord and Satan also came among them. And the Lord said to Satan, from where do you come? So Satan answered the Lord, from going to and fro from the earth and walking back and forth on it. Then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? There's none like him on earth. A blameless, upright man who fears God and shuns evil. So Satan answered the Lord and said, Does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not put a hedge around him, around his household, around everything he has? You have blessed the work of his hands. His possessions have increased in the land. But now stretch out your hand and touch all that he has, and surely he'll curse you. The Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your power. Only do not lay a hand on his person. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. God allows us to go through trials, testing. Where is our faith? Something little goes wrong, do we get mad? Well, I'm going to leave God, I'm, I'm, whatever. Look what Job 
has gone through. He is going to really be tested. Job loses his property and children. Now there was a day when his sons and daughters were eating and drinking in their oldest brother's house, and a messenger came to Job and said, The oxen that were plowing and the donkeys feeding beside them, when the Sabaeans raided them and took them away, indeed they have killed the servants with the edge of the sword, and I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was speaking, another also came. The fire of God fell from heaven and burnt up the sheep and the servants, consumed them, and I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another came and said, The Chaldeans formed three bands, raided the camels, took them away, yes, and killed the servants with the edge of the sword, and I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another came and said, Your sons and your daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house. And suddenly a great wind came from across the wilderness, struck the four corners of the house. It fell on the young people, and they are dead. And I alone have escaped to tell you. Then Job arose, tore his robe, shaved his head, fell on the ground, and worshipped. He said, Naked have I came from my mother's room, and naked shall I return. The Lord gave, the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And all this Job did not sin nor charge God with wrong. Now we read the story. The question is, do you realize what a severe test this was? Can you even comprehend what you would do? I doubt it. Unless something goes wrong and you're already going out of your mind and charging God and getting mad and everything else, then I know what you would do. Do you understand this test? Job 2, 1 through 10. Satan attacks Job's health. And there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. Satan came also among them to present himself before the Lord. And the Lord said to Satan, from where do you come? Satan answered the Lord, from going to and fro from the earth and walking back and forth on it. Then he said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? There is none like him on the earth, blameless, upright, who fears God and shuns evil. And still he holds fast to his integrity, although you have incited me against him to destroy him without cause, without cause. You got to be very careful when you don't judge somebody. Oh, their sin brought it on. Without cause, this happened to Job. So Satan answered the Lord and said, skin for skin. Yes, all that man has, he will give for his life. But stretch out your hand now and touch his bone and flesh, and he will surely curse you to your face. So Satan went from the presence of the Lord, struck Job with painful boils from the sole of his head to the crown of his head, uh, sole of his feet, boils. And he took himself postured, with which to scrape himself while he sat in the midst of the ashes. You know, a broken pot scraping the boils. Wow! Then his wife said to him, Do you still hold fast to your integrity? Hey, God isn't real. His prayers doesn't answer. Curse God and die. But he said to her, You speak as a foolish woman speaks. Shall we indeed accept good from God, and shall we not accept adversity? 
And all this, Job did not sin with his lips. You can see in the story of Job that Job trusted God no matter how awful the outward circumstances were. Job understood the word of God, offered up sacrifices to God, but bad things still happened to Job and his family. Job didn't understand why bad things were happening in his life. But he still chose to trust God. Knowing that God knew and understood all things and made righteous decisions. See, the Bible said all things work together for good. The woman last night would have said, do you really believe it? Well, you really don't believe it if you start murmuring, grumbling, complaining, uh, God cursing. No, not in the heart you don't believe it. And the woman would tell you clearly, repent, no excuses, and go back to God. If not, we're subject to attacks by evil spirits. We open the doors. Job didn't listen to his wife who wanted Job to turn his back on God. Instead, he continued to trust in God and give grace to his wife. He didn't leave her. You know, it's a good thing that through all of this, he still kept himself righteous. Through all of this, he wasn't under so much stress because he trusted in God that he didn't let stress overwhelm him and just say, get out of my face, woman. Instead, he gave her grace. He didn't leave her. What about you, dear saint? Do you trust in God when things go wrong in your life? Do you trust your spouse when they disappoint you in some area of thought or emotional need? Or are you ready to desert your family because of human imperfections? I'm not talking about adultery. But when they're imperfect and don't understand or sympathize with you the way you want them to. There's entire books written, if only he knew, if only she knew. Because we don't know each other. We don't understand each other. You need to study each other. Marriage counseling, I've done a lot of it. I've got the books that a woman should lead. If only she knew. Then she starts to understand her husband. Oh, yeah. If only she knew. And the man reads it and, oh, yeah. It helps because truth brings revelation. Truth takes away deception. If you're looking for a perfect person to always understand you, you will fail in marriage because you're looking for a God and not a marriage partner. No spouse can take the place of God because people are not perfect and need to give grace to one another to survive in marriage, business, friendship, families, etc. If you have people that have rejected you, that's their sin. They don't know what grace is all about. But if I understand the Bible, God is going to teach them grace mm -hmm. through a lot of problems that are going to come their way. Please judge yourself. Give grace to your partner. If your spouse is not involved in infidelity, but just has human fra frailties and doesn't understand you, give them grace. It is possible they will never be able to fully understand and meet your emotional needs. 
Did you hear the statement from a man after 50 years of marriage? One thing I know is I still don't know. Right. My wife. <laughs> yep. And that was considered a good marriage. Mm -hmm. After 50 years, I still don't understand her. It is impossible to fully meet your spouse's emotional needs. 1 Peter 4.8, above all things, have fervent love for one another. For love will cover a multitude of sins. Love. If you really know Jesus, then you have the love to cover the sins. Say, I can't do it. You don't really know Jesus as much as you think you do. It will cover the sins yes. if you really know him. Yes. It covers yes. mistakes. Trust in God and give him grace. Even though circumstances might be going on in your life that you don't understand or agree with, give God grace. Job gave God grace. Why? Because Job understood the word of God that all things work together for good. He understood that even though he didn't understand why he was going through it. There are some people that can give that testimony. Fox's Book of Martyrs, Bonhoeffer and others. And there's others that are totally outside of God because they don't understand it and curse God because things didn't go their way. You've heard both ways. Oh, God doesn't hear. He's not real. For love covers a multitude of sins. Trust in God. Give Him grace. Even though circumstances might be going on in your life that you don't understand or agree with. Because you know Scripture tells us that all things work together for good to them that love Him. Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and hope. God wants you to have a future. He wants you to have hope. He wants you to have good things. Obviously, it's your choice that you have got to want to do it God's way. That's what gives us good things. God knows what we're created and how we're made. And if you do it His way, you stay healthy. If you want to say, like Benjamin Franklin, wealthy and wise. Also give grace to your spouse and friends. Because trust is the basis for all relationships. Yes. You know how valuable friendship is? It's important. We shouldn't just throw it away. Friendship is important. I've had people here that have been with me since 1998. That's valuable. It's important. Through thick and thin, good and bad, hard times or great times. True friends who trust in what we're doing here. People are not perfect and never will or can be perfect. As long as there's no infidelity, outright betrayal, or total disloyalty, Love covers a multitude of sins and keeps the relationship intact. Indeed. Remember, trust can be restored when repentance has taken place. Yes. It can be. 
doesn't God trust you after you repent? I mean, can't you give grace to the people as easily as God gives it to you? God requires us to forgive so he can forgive us and restore us to a place of trust. Matthew 6, 9 through 13. In this matter, therefore, pray our Father in heaven. Now, let me tell you, I pray this prayer with my son every single day. Every day. I pray it with Michael Jonathan Jedediah Hansen. Every day. I'm telling you, I never forget. My parents raised me that way. I learned it every day. My wife and I pray this prayer with him. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. You know, sometimes MJ substitutes it. Give us this day our daily pancake. Give us this day our daily French, give us this day our, our daily macaroni and cheese. <laughs> so he understands it. See, bread, food. And I, I like that when he, when he substitutes it. Forgive us our debts. And I, we, we make it e easier. Forgive us our sins as we forgive our, those that sin against us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and power and glory forever and ever. Amen. Now my son, four years old, he can say that by himself, totally. Amen. Teach him another prayer for breakfast. Uh, God is great, God is good. Let us thank him for our food. By his hands we all are fed. Give us God our daily bread, amen. He says that. He closes his eyes and says it before I give him his first bite. We talk, I want him to trust God. I want him to trust God. I want him to thank God. I want him to know where our food and everything comes from. Yes. Our well-being. Yes. From Adam to this present day, God has been searching for people who will entrust their lives totally to him. He desires a body of faithful believers who give him their complete trust and confidence and commit themselves wholly to his keeping. God wants people that will totally commit to him. He will love you and bless you and multiply you and the Lord will take away from you all your sicknesses. The Lord your God, the great and awesome God is among you. Deuteronomy 7, 13, 15, and 21. We just have to commit our ways and trust him totally. You can do that right now. We've all failed and we failed sometimes daily in some way. Just say, God, forgive me and go right back into trusting in him. Give him grace, give other people grace, and he'll give you grace. World Ministries International, World Ministries International, World Ministries International, and worldministries.org. Support us so we can continue on this station. God bless you. <laughs>